End to End is back for another episode, episode 7 of season 3. We're recording midway through the Buffalo Sabres New Jersey game, and as well as the Washington Capitals Rangers game, so I don't think anything will affect our stuff that we're going to be talking about in this episode from those games, but those two games are going on as we speak. But N10's back, and we got some uh, some news to talk about. And if you couldn't tell by the title, it is the quarter way through the NHL season awards. So we will be giving out, I think, one, two, three, four, five awards out to the best player at that position. And yeah, so they're Norris, Vesna, Calder, Hart, and Jack Adams. So we will tell you who is our standout so far a quarter way through the year. Uh, we welcome in Joe. Joe's here, and... Last week, we talked about a certain player getting traded, um, and now he got traded again. So tell us where he went. So we were just joking when we recorded on Monday, because it hasn't even been a full week. So on Monday morning, we recorded, and this guy was traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and that is Alex Galchenyuk getting traded once again from Carolina to the Maple Leafs in exchange for Korshkikov and Wafalski. I think that's how you say it. I know Korshikov was a draft pick in 2016, right? Mm-hmm. So he gets traded to Carolina. I guess that's the bigger piece going there. But Galchenyuk, like we were talking about literally on Monday, this guy's a suitcase right now. And it, he literally goes to another team again. His jersey goes up to the Raptors in Carolina. And uh, I have no idea how long he'll stay with the Leafs. My guess is not very long. He might get a few games in. But it's tough because... They already have guys ahead of him in the depth chart. And then you have like Nick Robertson and Wayne Simmons, like out or like that are mm-hmm. I would think ahead of him still. So yeah, like, way ahead. Yeah, so I don't understand why they even needed to bring him in for. Like I know he's like skilled, but like that's what like ten other teams have said to themselves too, and it just hasn't worked. So I, he might get a few games in, maybe just on the third or fourth line just to maybe rest guys, get some new looks here and there. But I don't think it has much of an impact at all. What do you think? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I don't think Galchenyuk has a major impact on this roster just because it's so, as you said, like I know Galchenyuk is skilled, but there's seven more guys who are more skilled up front than him. And, you know, he's been tossed around, so that doesn't give him a good remark in the league. But I think he maybe gets in five games, six, seven games. And that's barring no injuries in the lineup right now, obviously. But... I think he'll be on the taxi squad for most of the season. And, you know, I hope he's there for the playoffs because injuries tend to happen in the playoffs and the run for the Stanley Cup. If we can do that this year, that'd be very nice. And him a part of the taxi squad is not the worst scenario in the world. But like you said, Joe, like Simmons is injured. Robertson's in the AHL. If he starts impressing, I'm sure he's going to get the call up because he started the year with the Maple Leafs. So I think there's a lot more people in the depth chart ahead of Galchenyuk, but... You know, people are talking about him reviving his career. Well, we already said that about three times already with the Pittsburgh, Minnesota, and in Ottawa. So I don't think that's this is the case for Galchenyuk. I know we said KHL bound next year. I think that's a possibility if he can't get it on the rails. So giving up nothing for Galchenyuk is not much. Like, I don't think Korshkov's going to be anything unless Carolina turns him into something. But yeah, I mean, it's just a depth move. I know Kyle Dubas likes him, but his analytics are not that good and you know the only thing you can bring to the table is a table is a shot and skill and when you don't have the skating to do that that's going to be a tough start for you in the Maple Leafs organization so we look at Galchenyuk I'm not happy but I mean I'm not like disappointed in the Leafs getting him he's just a depth player so I mean you, you know him the best you've seen him in Montreal obviously we talked about the 30 goals and 
that's the best thing we can talk about with Galchenyuk for years and years, that he scored 30 goals once in this league. So mm-hmm. there's not much recency that you could really talk about that excites you. Yeah, like the thing about the 30 is that he literally scored it when he was 21 years old. Like we're not talking about a guy who's like 30, 31. Like this guy is 26 years old. <laughs> he scored 30 when he was like your age, mm-hmm. 21. He had like 60 points and then... He was okay the next two seasons, had like probably 20-ish goals both seasons. And then just, I have no idea what happened. Just fell off a complete cliff. Like, I like I like from when I watched him in Montreal, his IQ is not there at all. So that's what really kills him, even mm-hmm. obviously today. His IQ, not just in his own zone, because obviously he's a winger. And like, that's what he's mostly criticized. But like, when you watch him in the offensive zone, sometimes he has no idea where to go. Unless he's taking a one-timer on the power play. Or like an open look with a one-timer. Like he doesn't know where to go in the zone sometimes. So that kills him because he's a winger. Like yeah. that's the least you could do is your mm-hmm. offensive instincts. And like he has the shot. He's got some decent hands. But he's not that fast Mm-mm. for his age and like whatever. And he just and he has no smarts. Like that's just what it comes down to for him. So I mean he'll definitely get a few games in. But like he's not going to be an impactful player I think. At least for the regular season. Yeah, I, I agree with that one. So it's basically all we got from Galchenyuk going to the Maple Leafs. I didn't think I'd ever see it. Like five years ago, I didn't ever think. No. I never thought Galchenyuk would be in a Leafs sweater in his career. But here we are talking about number 12, Alex Galchenyuk in the Leafs organization. Um, other news that happened actually like just an hour ago. Nico Heischer was named captain of the New Jersey Devils. So... He's been injured for basically a year, and it's his first game in, I believe, 11 months. So that's pretty exciting for Nico Heischer to get the captain. He's one. Of, he's the youngest current captain in the league, I believe. So mm-hmm. your thoughts on him getting the C? Yeah, it was just like we were saying in our group chat. Like He hasn't played in a year, and they gave it to him, which is good because I guess they trust him. And I think they like he's paid like a pretty good dollar. Like He makes over $7 million, and he's not a $7 million player. At least like he hasn't shown that he is, but... He's still only like 21, I think, or he's 22 now, something like that. So, like, good for him, good for mm-hmm. New Jersey, because he was their first overall pick in 2017, so they're rewarding him with that. He's worn an A, I think, for the last year or two, so he's clearly got leadership skills. But again, we haven't seen him in a year, and he's playing his first game <laughs> since, like, last March, today. Yeah. So, obviously, we have people kind of forgot about Nico Heischer. Like, I have him in fantasy. I literally just had him on IR the whole time because their games got postponed. Then he got COVID and he had the knee issue. So like a lot of stuff has gone wrong for him. Hopefully he can get, get his good play on the rails for New Jersey because they've been pretty decent this year, like better than I would think. I mean, they've been off for two weeks. They won their last two games. They're losing right now, but I mean, he's sure good for him. Good for New Jersey fans. I think they like him a lot. Yeah. Like I think this is actually their youngest captain ever. Probably, believe, yeah. Right? Like, what, Stevens was captain, Eliash, uh, Bryce Salvador, Andy Green. Andy like, Green. Are, yeah, like, those are some old guys. And finally, they kind of said enough's enough and named a younger guy the captain who's going to be there for his contract, I believe. So, mm-hmm. good choice for him as captain. And then, other news. This was shocking. I think this came <laughs> about, like, 20 minutes later. So, former teammate of Adam Hen- uh, of sorry, of Nico Heischer, Adam Henrique, goes on waivers for the Ducks. So Henrique is owed 
um, $5.8 million of salary for the next, I believe, four or three years. Wow. And he's in the second year of his contract. So this is not a good look for him. I do not know what happened. He scored. He would have been on pace for 30 last year if the season didn't end. I, don't, I just explain what happened. I have no idea. Like, this is a Ducks team that literally can't score if their life depended on it. And they waived a guy that could actually provide offense. Now, granted, he's been bad this year. But so have the Ducks offense. Like, if they didn't have John Gibson, this team would have, like, two wins. Like, they'd be last place in the league. So Easily. Easy, yeah, easily. So, like, it's not even a discussion, like, how bad this offense is for the Ducks. Like, their highest point guy, I'm pretty sure, is, like, 11 points. Like, I, I'm not even sure if... That's yeah, I think it might correct. be lower. Yeah, it might be lower. Like, there's guys that have, like, like, Gretzloff has, like, one goal. Like, really? <laughs> Raquel fell off a cliff. The guy used to be really good. Now he sucks. Yeah, their leading scorer, Max Comtois, nine points. That's pathetic. And he's, like, a, basically a rookie. Yeah, so that's that's pathetic. So that's, I don't know if that's on coaching. That's on, like, the team. That's everything. Like, they just suck Anaheim to score mm-hmm. goals. So waving this guy, I mean, they're in a rebuild and stuff. But then why did you go and sign Kevin Shattenkirk? Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, <laughs> he doesn't fit your, like, age group of what you want to do. Like, you, I guess you think you're rebuilding. You have Ryan Getzoff on the last year of his deal. Uh, he's either going to get traded or sign, like, a cheap deal, retire with the Ducks. I have no idea. They have mm-hmm. to make a decision on that. But the Ducks just are terrible and then this waving of Henrique was very surprising do you think he'll get picked up because like i'm still contemplating on whether he does with that cap hit like people are saying back to new jersey i, I don't i don't know like i don't know i don't think i don't think anyone's going to touch that contract like because he's a center and new jersey already have hughes and he so like mm-hmm. i don't think they want to pay Henrique to play third line center at like almost six million so right I, I don't think he'll get picked up. It's the con- I didn't know he had like three years left. I thought he had like one. So no, definitely not. Yeah, like I, I would like the caliber of player is definitely a pickup available. Like I would pick him up, but like you look at the contract and stuff. Like he is not a bad player. Like he scored twenty no. something goals last year. So I don't know. Like the only few teams who I could see picking him up and who actually can pick him up is I think New Jersey and Detroit. But do they need those guys? Probably not. Are they gonna trade? Are they gonna trade Henrik when he gets on the roster? Probably not. No one's gonna want that deal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're probably right. He's probably not gonna get picked up. But like, I think he'll be back with the Ducks. I assume at the end of the year if he doesn't get picked up, because that's just insane. Like, like, come on, you can't wave this guy. He's one of your best players. So, yeah. Uh, but did he get trade for Vatanen to New Jersey? Yes, he did. Yeah, and Vatanen's playing for New Jersey. He just signed a contract. So yeah, Vatanen's still there. So yeah. Those are that's basically the news we have, and yeah, we the last few weeks have been weird with waivers. There've been some good guys on waivers, but nothing's yeah. really came out of it. Like Eric Comrie goes back to Winnipeg for a third stint. Like that's it's just weird. Like, it's weird. I think I don't know if it's just because the whole cap situation, the taxi squad. It's just there's yeah. so much random stuff for this year. A lot yeah, of random gonna, moves. We're gonna be seeing it all year. Like, dude, Dell's the backup goalie. Like, Wedgwood's there, and then they get rid of Comrie. Like, it's gonna be a circus there. So, yeah, yeah, we'll keep tabs on that all all year. Waivers are gonna be happening. Trades might even happen. I don't know if the Canadian division will be dealing with the American teams, but we'll see. So, I think we can get get to the main part of the episode. If you want to do anything else, or yeah, just one more point. Speaking of trades, how about that Dubois trade for Winnipeg? 
Yeah, he's injured right now. It's tough. Like, I don't think, like, anyone has won yet. Just But, like, recently, Line A's been doing better, obviously, because he's actually playing games, first of all. And, yeah, that sucks for Dubois that he's injured. Like, But you know what's funny? Like, the Jets are do- not doing half bad without him. No, they're not. But Shifley's been really good. I know. It kind of sucks that, like, he gets there, plays two games, get injured. Like, oof, that's not the way you want to start your career, especially in a big market like Winnipeg. And he had to quarantine for two weeks. So, like, take in, this guy got traded, like, a month ago, and he's played, like, two games. Yeah. And you have Roslovic and Line, like, playing relatively well. Like, Roslovic, like, turns into a player all of a sudden now. And then yep. that's honestly on Winnipeg's fault for not giving him a chance, like you said. Yep. So, he's a player, for sure. Line's been decent. Scored a couple of nice goals, a couple of snipes, but... And then you look at Dubois, who was barely played. And it's like, what the hell? Like, it's just so weird. Yep. Anyways, we can get to the awards now. All right. The first award we have up is the Norris Trophy. So do you want to name the first two candidates and then our winner? Or do you, what do you want to do? Like, Yeah, let's do that. So I'll name my first two candidates. So for, there's going to be three in total. But the two other candidates I have right now at the quarter mark are Jeff Petrie of the Montreal Canadiens. And since it's hard to pick right now for defensemen because no one's really standing out too much like last year, in my opinion, I'm going to go with Makar as the other candidate just because if he was over a point per game, he's injured right now, but mm-hmm. he's so good for his age. So I had to put him here. Yeah. And then for me, I'm going to go also Jeff Petrie. He's been outstanding for the Canadians. You've seen him a lot and we'll see him tonight versus the Leafs. So He's been on a roll this season, plus 13, I think. That's, like, one of the best in the league, and he has a point per game. So can't complain about Jeff Petrie on the point for them. And then another one, and then my uh, other candidate is Charlie McAvoy of the Boston Bruins. Mm, That was a good one. You get rid of Krug, you get rid of Chara, and this guy, like, everyone had question marks. Is he going to step up? He has. He has 12 points in 15 games. He's a plus three. Heats up 25 minutes a night, and there's nothing to complain from Charlie McAvoy's standpoint. So I'll say him as my third option. That's a good choice. So we both have the same winner here, and it's honestly no surprise. And that winner is Victor Hedman of the Tampa mm-hmm. Bay Lightning. Both easily, he's both our favorite defenseman in the league. I don't think you could dispute that. Nope. Um, he is dominant again. I think I don't know how many points he has exactly. He might have fourteen or fifteen, something like yeah, that. Yeah, has fifteen and fourteen games. Yes, yeah, and the guys like. A machine still plays a ton good at both ends of the ice obviously with the points and he just a, a horse like he's my favorite defenseman in the league and it's not even close and he'll by the time he retires he might be my favorite defenseman of all time like during the last cup run obviously he won the con Smythe, but just watching him so closely every night like everything he does is like right like he makes the right play every single time and it's not like too flashy but he could be flashy if he wants to be he has a big shot if he wants to use it great vision great skater he's six foot six like what more do you want (laughs) and the guy's like a heart and soul type of player yeah do anything for your team block shots hits so he's a fantastic yeah, there's no disputing that he's been the best defenseman in the league so far. You could argue some other guys like our candidates, but I think this guy's always in the conversation, so you always have to put him in the conversation for sure. And, you know, he's at our one spot for us for a reason and because he's the best defenseman in the league. Like, 
I wouldn't be surprised if he picks up another Norris here at the end of the year too. So, I mean, this is just quarter mark, but we're going full stretch and that might be him again. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'd be shocked if he's not in the conversation because what he's doing is incredible. So yeah. Victor Hedman's mine and Victor Hedman's also yours. So yep. uh, we can go to the Vezina trophy. So this is awarded to the best goaltender in the National Hockey League and the best goaltenders that are not my winner of the quarter mark awards uh, so one of them is going to be Jacob Markstrom of the Calgary Flames. Um, you know, if honestly, if the Calgary Flames were doing better and maybe Jacob Markstrom was doing a bit better, he could be up for the Hart Trophy because without without this guy, and that's just like that's not even an understatement. Like that, without this guy, the Calgary Flames are not even battling for a spot in this division. So he's eight five and one, and he has a nine eighteen with a two sixty one save percent or goals against average, and he has two shutouts on the year. So. He's definitely in the conversation right now for me. And another guy is Andre Vasilevsky, the cat. Uh, so you have him in your fantasy. I know that. He's 9-2-1. And, and his stats are just keep... They're just unbelievable year after year. I know he plays on one of the best teams in the league, but this guy, you just have to understand that he's the one of the, he is the best goalie in the National Hockey League, whether it's him or Hellebuck. It's one of them battling for the spot. But those are my two candidates besides my winner. Who are yours? So my candidates as well i also have jacob markstrom of the flames and we always say this i always say this in my group chat without him or and johnny goudreau this team would literally be where ottawa is right now like i'm not even joking if you watch them play they get out played almost every single game especially in the first period so they start terrible and markstrom continuously bails them out game after game and like if they didn't sign this guy because it was between the Calgary and Edmonton to get him like if imagine if Edmonton had Markstrom yeah I think I think they would be first in the division <laughs> honestly with them or the Leafs they would be like right there tied or something mm-hmm. so Calgary is extremely lucky to have Markstrom this year he's been sensational like you've said my other candidate is uh, Philip Grubauer of the Colorado Avalanche and the reason he. I've had my doubts about him over the years, mostly his ability to stay healthy because yeah. last year him and Francis missed some time and like especially in the playoffs they were down to Hutchinson and that was literally the reason they lost versus the Dallas Stars in the second round in the playoffs is because they literally were on their third string goalie. So I don't really blame Grubauer there, but it was just more his ability to stay healthy and dominate. But this year he's proved me wrong. He's been great for the Avalanche and this is all without Francis, who's been hurt all year. Mm-hmm. Another guy that can't stay healthy. So he's been impressive to me as well. Yeah, an honorable mention, Marc-Andre Fleury. Just, yes. I don't think anyone expected that this guy is going to perform and out, outperform uh, a hurt Robin Leonard. And he's been incredible as well. But get to your winner. I know I mentioned him in mine, so you yep. can get to him. So my winner, like you said, I have him in fantasy. Andre Vasilevsky of the Tampa Bay Lightning. So like you said, he has a 9-2-1 record. But again, I don't like bringing advanced stats because this is not the type of podcast for it. But he, he saves like almost one to one and a half more goals than the average goaltender. So he's making like outreal, unreal saves in the like high danger scoring chances. So he should be letting in on average like one, one and a half more goals per game, I believe. So, and the fact that they're continuously winning, he's dominant, even though sometimes, it's not like he gets an easy workload either. Like He plays a lot of games. He's only not played two games so far this year. Same uh, with Markstrom, I believe. 
and he just dominated every night. He's most likely going to win the Vesna or be nominated for sure. So I got Vasilevsky as my front runner quarter of the way through the season. Yeah, and then my front runner, you mentioned him as your uh, your three candidates, sorry, two candidates, and it's Philip Grubauer. I mean, like you said, he's finally healthy, and let's hope he stays healthy because, first of all, I need him in my fantasy, and second of all, the Colorado Avalanche need him for their team because they're going to be relying on, I think, Hunter Miska if they don't have Philip Grubauer in the cage. So, yep. I mean, he's been 8-3-0 and this season, and he started off the year really bad because I believe they lost to the Blues 4-1 in the opening game, and... Mm-hmm. You know, he's looked past since. He has two shutouts this year. I think that's tied for second in the league. And without him every night, I think uh, the Colorado Avalanche just are not, like, they're not as steady as defense because they don't have him in the back of the cage. So, I mean, even the games he's lost, 4-1, I think he lost. Anaheim, I think it was close. And then the one recent one was on Sunday where his go- his team didn't even score a goal. So he let him one goal in the game. So, yep. Grubauer's been solid this year, and yeah, he should be in the conversation for the Vezina. Hopefully, in the end of the year, he is. So, so I had Grubauer, Markstrom, and Vashlevsky, and then you had Vashlevsky, Grubauer, Markstrom. So, different order, but same kind of th- thing. Yeah. So, now we're going to go to the Calder, which is awarded to the best rookie, and we might have some different ones for this one, but I'll get to my other two candidates. So, it's going to be... Uh, one really surprising one that I'm not sure if you'll have, but I have Pius Suter of the Chicago Blackhawks, mm-hmm. who currently has 10 points this season and six goals, which leads all rookies, I believe. And yep. he just really came out of nowhere. For me, I had no idea who he was until he scored that hat trick, <laughs> I believe, versus the Red Wings. So he's been really good. Like he, I don't know if it's him. Is he the line that centers Kane and Debrink at? Yeah, like it like switches, but yeah, most of the time. Okay, yeah. So he's been like he's been with those two superstar wingers. Obviously, like those guys are helping him out, but he's been like, you know, this he, at least he's getting some chemistry with them. They're helping him out as well as a as a young guy in the league, which is nice to see. Yep. So I have Pius Suter as one of the candidates. Really a surprise one. And then this one's not a, a surprise at all, and it's Kaprizov of the Minnesota Wild. Again, they haven't played much this year. They were off for like almost they were off for like two weeks. He started off really hot, had three goal three points in his first game, including the OT winner. So he's kind of cooled off a bit, but he's still like a catalyst for that Minnesota Wild team. Yeah. And he's so he's very exciting to watch. I have I haven't watched many. I think I've only watched one wild game this year, like a full two periods or so. And he's like he's like you could watch him, like he's like a a show-stopping type of player. Yeah, He, like, dominates when he's on the ice, always has the puck, always knows where to go, very skilled, and he's finally over from Russia, as Wild fans have been clamoring for for years. <laughs> so he's he's their stud, and then those are my two candidates for right now. Yeah, and then, like you just mentioned, Kirill Krapasov is one of my candidates. He's been, I think, how old is he? Like 24 or something like that? Yeah, 20, sure. 23 or 4, something like that. He is 23, going on 24 this year. So mm-hmm. I think he might be one of the oldest uh, rookies here. But he's definitely deserved to be in this conversation. Maybe even at the one spot. But the guy we have is way better and I think more surprising. So that's why you put him. But Kaprasov's been unreal for all the reasons you said. And then my other nomination is Tim Stutzla. I mean, the guy's 18 years old. He's jumped in the league. Like, like just watching him, it's Ottawa, guys. We always have to remember it's Ottawa, and he's not going to shine as bright as other rookies are with better teams. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt there. But 
watching him, he's just so skilled. And once he puts it all together, once he puts the IQ, the size, and the skill together, look out. And this guy could be one of the best players for Ottawa in a very long time. So I'm excited to see what he can do for the future. He's versed the Leafs' last three games, and he hasn't stood out because of his team. But Tim Stutzla is definitely going to be in that conversation. So we get to the winner. We have both of the same guy, and he comes from the netminder position. So tell us who it is. So this is also, well, for me anyways, this is another Chicago rookie, and that's goaltender Kevin Lankinen of the Chicago Blackhawks, who's been, I also picked up in fantasy this year. Obviously, he was on waivers. No one knew who he was. I believe he's 25 years old, and I could just pull up some of his stats right here. So he's currently 7-3-3 with a 2.43 goals against average, which is okay, but he has a 927 save percentage, like, so this guy is regularly making 35 saves probably a game for Chicago. He lost yesterday. He let in four goals, so that kind of hurts his numbers. But Chicago's been really, really surprising this year, and Lankinen's the main reason for that because going into the year, they only had Malcolm Subban and Colin Delia as their yeah. first two starters. And Delia in that Tampa game, I remember, I don't know if you remember this, he that <laughs> one terrible giveaway. Yeah. Like, this guy should not be an NHL goalie. I'm sorry. And then they found this guy out of nowhere. He's he's 25, so he's not young, obviously. A little bit more developed and seasoned. So he's been really good for Chicago. Yeah, he's also my winner as well right now. Because without, like I saw, we're, we're using the term without this guy. And without this guy, like seven seven wins. I mean, the Chicago Blackhawks have what? Eight. Nine wins? Eight, eight wins? Nine. Yeah, something like that. And he has, he has basically all of them. So 920 save percentage on the Chicago Blackhawks is actually really really impressive considering the guys who are in net and are also rookies don't even have us close to the same percentage as Kevin Lankin and so I mean this Chicago team is full of surprises this year I did not think they'd be in the position they are right now but Lankin an older guy in the crease and the rookie I mean, he had no one had him in the depth chart starting the season for them so Lankinen's got to be one of the front runners for the rookie, if not the front runner, and he is for us. So. And now we're going to go on to probably the most exciting award, definitely for me, is the Hart Trophy. So this is the MVP of the league. It's usually given out to the, that guy who basically carries their team throughout the season. And without them, they wouldn't be in the place where they're at. So mm-hmm. you, you could say your first two candidates. Yeah, I'm going to go with my first candidate. I'm going to say Austin Matthews from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Just, I mean, you can talk about all the guys around him and, you know, the team they have. And obviously the Leafs are pretty good this year. They're sitting first in the North Division. But, again, we're going to say the term. Without Austin Matthews, this team is not in the spot they're at. They have many guys on cold streaks right now. And Matthews has almost a goal per game. I know he's beating up on the Senators and some uglier teams in this in this division. But... You can't deny what he's doing. He has 16 goals in 17 games, and he's just been incredible. So he's one of my candidates for that. And then uh, my other candidate is number 88, Patrick Kane of the Chicago Blackhawks. Like we said, this team is full of surprises, and this guy is definitely... it could be He could be a surprise because of the consideration he's playing with, and he's not playing with many great guys except for maybe DeBrincat and Kubalik. So... Him being in the conversation for the heart on the Chicago Blackhawks is incredible. It's just winding the clock back to those few years where he won, I think, the heart as well again and the Art Ross. So I'm excited Patty Kane's back off and running. Hopefully he can stay like this. And hopefully the Chicago Blackhawks make the playoffs because they seem to be in the right direction right now. 
yeah, so for my candidates, I also have Austin Matthews as one of the candidates. And like you said, with with how he's playing, like, I know I'm a Montreal fan, but I would, like, fucking trade anyone on my team for this guy. <laughs> he's by far my favorite Leaf ever, like, not even close to anyone. And obviously, I don't like the Leafs, like, in general. But if I were to pick one guy in their whole history, it'd be this guy. So he's unreal. Like you said, he has 16 goals in 17 games. He's got 28 points, I think. 25. Yeah, 25. So he's like third or in the league in scoring or something like that. Maybe fourth with Marner there as well. But he makes it look too easy sometimes. Like his release, I've never seen in my life. <laughs> but that snapshot, yeah. like he doesn't have the one-timer like OV or Pasternak. But he's got that quick snapshot that no one could stop when he gets it in his wheelhouse. And no, like no one can stop it. I don't care who, you can put anyone in that. They won't stop it if it's in the wheelhouse. And he took his defensive game to another level this year too. Like yeah. he's he's been a, way more physical. He even just throwing his body around. Like he's a big boy. And then like he's really good on face offs. For yeah, he's how, been way better this year. Yeah, for his age, it's not. Again, we're talking about a guy who's twenty three years old. Like. <laughs> He's been really good on faceoffs this year. Really good in the defensive zone. Strong on the puck. Like I've watched a lot of Leaf games, obviously, because they're always on because of the yep. Canadian division, obviously. So I've watched a lot of their games. He's easily their best player and most dominant player. And he's just a world-class finisher, plain and simple, at yep. center, which I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Okay, so enough about him. My other candidate is actually uh, the guy who's leading the league in points, and that's Connor McDavid of the Edmonton Oilers. So he already has, I believe, a hat trick this year, if not two. But he only's got he's got nine goals. You know, he's got fifty assists. No, I'm kidding. He's got like twenty two assists or something like that. So not a big deal for this guy. He just racks up the points on a regular basis. Like an off night for him is like literally two points sometimes. Yeah, it's crazy. Like two assists, it's like the and you, like it's an off night for him. If he's not scoring a highlight real goal or assist, like it's an off night for him. But he's unreal. Obviously, he's only again twenty four. He just turned twenty four in January, and he actually we forgot to mention this in the news. But he had he hit the five hundred point milestone, uh, in three hundred sixty nine games, which is the same as Sidney Crosby. That's I I still don't get that. Like yeah. How do they both do it in the same, like, I don't know. You can't predict that stuff. No. And also, speaking of Crosby, he is also playing his 1,000th career game tonight. So we'll mention that very quickly. But then, yeah, so McDavid, 500 points. He's over that right now, but he just hit it this week. So good for him. He's literally on pace to hit, like, 1,000 points in, like, 700-something games, which is absurd. Mm -hmm. So he's my second right now just because I have one guy I think that's a little bit more valuable than him at the moment. Yeah, like I, I, I honestly think all three of these guys could take home the trophy, but for my guy, it's the guy you just mentioned, Connor McDavid at number one. I just think like you plop him out of the Oilers lineup, they're nowhere close to being where they are. And we've always we've said this all episode. I mean, you plop the guy out without this guy, without this guy, but without this guy, they're not close to anywhere as good. I know they have Dry Saddle, but Dry Saddle is not Connor McDavid. I mean. This guy on a nightly basis, like you said, Joe, a two-point night is an off night. I know he had no points last night, and they still won, which is good. That's still some progress for the Oilers. But on a usual night, Connor McDavid gets at least two points. So when he doesn't, you're like, did he even play the game? Did the Oilers even show up tonight? And when this guy shows up, you've seen in the like all recent games, he just can take over a game with a snap of your fingers. So 
I mean, I think the most impressive stat for Connor McDavid is he's positive this year and the Oilers are actually winning games. And I believe they're actually second in the North Division now. And then, I mean, that could change tonight when the Leafs uh, play the Canadians and maybe the Canadians win. But Connor McDavid is one of the most best talents we've ever seen the NHL has, has created. So 500 points, like you said, in 369 games, same as Crosby is incredible as well. So like, I don't know what's more... Like, what would be a better stat? McDavid hitting 100 points this year, which I don't think is going to happen, but you never know with Connor McDavid or Matthews hitting 50 goals in 55 games, but we can sit in here and debate all we want, but this guy is a true MVP of the league, so he'll be up for the trophy, and right now he's my winner of the quarter way. And my winner is a guy you've already mentioned who's also on the Chicago Blackhawks. I seem to be obsessed with them this episode, but that's Patrick Kane. And there's a few reasons why. One, that he's the oldest one of the three mentioned by far. Yep. He's 32 years old, and he hasn't lost a step whatsoever. He's averaging way over a point per game. It's basically him to brink at in Kubalik as the main play drivers. There's no Jonathan Taves, who's his, who's the main center of that team. A bunch, no Kirby Doc, as we mentioned, who was a center last year, and Kane had a, a pretty good year last year as well. So he's playing with a relatively unknown forward group for yeah. the most part, especially at center, and he's still dominating. He scored a highlight reel goal last night, spinorama from like the top of the circle, like top shelf. Like, come on, like he hasn't done that in a few years. That's vintage Kane, and just yeah. So just the Chicago Blackhawks are surprising in general. He's leading the team in points. Mm-hmm. Him and DeBrincat have been electric in overtime, especially connecting on a lot of goals. And his leadership's really come through. Like in the past, I remember a lot of times, remember he never used to wear the assistant captain. But now, obviously, Taves is out, so he's going to wear it. But he's really like a leader on that team now. I think he really matured in the last probably three years, four years, I would say. And he's a a true, true leader of that team, especially now with how they're playing. So I got number 88 as my Hart Trophy uh, front runner right now. But this could all change by the halfway point, so... Yeah, and I I really want to talk about that. Like, I don't think it should change because this guy's playing on a team where everyone predicted they'd be last or second last in that division. And maybe even the league, to be honest. But, like, even if he slows down, and I'm sure he might kind of slow down in between games here and there and when they verse Tampa and stuff like that. But, like, if he continues to put up, like, maybe, I don't know, what are you going to say, 65-point season, 70-point season maybe, Mm -hmm. I think he has to be the winner, if not up for it. Because, like... Like you mentioned, the age, he is so much older than all the guys we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like, at least, what, 10, 8 years older? and Yeah, 8, 9, yeah. He's still taking over the game, which he can do. And, you know, I, I it's crazy and mind-boggling to think that people don't have him on a top 10 wingers list in the NHL. Like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> top 3 right winger. Like, and people seem to forget about him because his analytics aren't good and his team's not good. Well, he is the best player on his team, so... We have to remember that Patty Kane's still here and still playing. So, mm-hmm. hate the day when he's going to retire because he's one of the most skilled people the NHL has ever seen, and he'll be a Hall of Famer, all those sort of things. But yeah, like even at the end of the year, I'm I'll be shocked if Kane's not on the list. But there's other guys that could have been on the list that could have made it right here. I mean, one of them being Huberdeau. He's been unbelievable this year. Do you have another guy honorable mention? Um, may I guess. Dreisaitl, but yep. put me on the spot here. Let me think of someone else. That's like I know you have of, this guy in fantasy, but 
You wanted to trade me him for Bergeron. Safely? Yeah, I mean, he's been pretty good. Yeah, I guess. But I would say, like, Kellebuck's more of an MVP for that team. Shifley's just been hot right now. Yeah. He has been good all year. I give you that. He's been really hot right now. But I guess him. I'm just trying to think of, like, who else is kind of out there right now dominating. That That's kind of, like, under the radar. Like, we could say, like, yeah, I guess I guess I would go with Dreisaitl then. And Huberto. Yeah. Huberto for you is a good one as well. Like, I don't know. Like, I kind of want to talk about this. Like, the MVP trophy is so... Like, everyone has a different take on who they pick. Because mm-hmm. there's the one side where you go, okay, you plop this guy out of the lineup. They're nowhere close to being it. And that's one of the MVP, That's one of the main reasons you're up for the MVP trophy to begin with. Yeah. And other people see it as the best player in the league. Or, like, I, I don't know how to take this award seriously with how the people vote, right? Like... It's weird to see, like, all. it's always the, like, always the noticeable guy who wins the award year in and year out. Like, it was clearly Drysdale last year, and he won it. So, I don't know if this is, like, because people said Eichel should have won it last year, and he missed, this team missed the playoffs, and that's the other thing that factors in. Does this team have to make the playoffs for them to win it? Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, for, yeah, because, like, for example, last year, Drysdale won the heart. Mm-hmm. But the season got cut short, and if Edmonton missed the playoffs, like I don't think he would have won the award. Do you? Do you think so? I don't think so. Like, cause like usually the history of the Hart Award, like, and I hear this a lot, like on uh, radio talk shows. Mm-hmm. The history of the Hart Award specifically is, if you didn't like drag your team to the playoffs, you're not gonna win it. Who could be nominated like McDavid has in the past, but like the McDavid's only won one Hart. Because Edmonton made the playoffs that year and they went to the second round. I know that doesn't qualify for the the heart making the playoffs, but just right. looking at the history, like remember when Taylor Hall won it? Mm-hmm. He dragged New Jersey to the playoffs. Yeah. And like I think there was other guys that were like like McDavid could have won it that year, right? That he mm-hmm. missed the playoffs, so that's why he didn't win. Kucherov, remember the one hundred twenty eight point season? Mm-hmm. So they obviously were the best. That was like one of the best regular seasons ever. Mm-hmm. So for like th- that's what I mean. Like it's a weird I think one. yeah. So it's just like it's more like if your team if you're like the best player on a team that makes the playoffs, you'll make it. You'll yeah. win it. Or like if it's like drastic in terms of points and stuff like that. Like in my opinion, for last year, I'm kind of getting off topic, but no, no. <clears throat> okay, I need water. Hold on. Like, I thought McKinnon should have won it last year just because Rantanen and Landeskog, two of his line mates, were out for, like, a month at the same time, and he had, like, 25 points in, like, 15 games during that stretch, like which is yeah. unbelievable. Like, for a guy who's missing his two wingers mm-hmm. with not the best depth in the world. Like, Colorado doesn't have the best depth in the world. Like, they obviously had Kadri last year who was really good and stuff, but... 25 points in 15 games, I believe it was, with them out of the lineup. And they were, like, one of the top teams in the Western Conference. So I thought McKinnon should have won it because he was just shy of 100 points when the season stopped. So I thought he should have won it, but that's just my opinion. But, yeah, like you said, like, I think the heart, it's not really the best player in the league because then it would just be, like, the McDavid Award. It's more like if you're dominating compared to where your team should be or, like, you're a big reason why your team is so successful. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that's what the award should be. Like, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be the highest scorer in the league, which it usually kind of is, right? Yeah. So, yeah, like, but like that perfect example this year is Patty Kane. That's the perfect example for that Taylor Hall year, that other years that people have won it. So, 
we could talk about it all day we want, but at the end of the day, it's probably not going to be the guy we just named at number one. So Yeah, <laughs> probably not. Uh, we got one more award here, and it's the Jack Adams Award. So this is awarded to the best coach in the National Hockey League at the end of the year. And this is one award where I do not get how they vote for it because like, it just seems to me like it's just the best player, the best team in the league every year. So yeah. I think Cassidy won it last year, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it should, probably should have been another guy. I forgot. I'm blanking on who it should have been. Maybe it should have been Torts. I don't know. But yeah. um, this year, I'm going to give it to Joel Quenville of the Florida Panthers. And some candidates I have is Jeremy Colleton, first off, of the Chicago Blackhawks, because we just didn't talk enough about them. We got to talk about them more <laughs> about in this episode. But he's definitely been an t- integral part to their organization. And, you know, the lineups he's thrown out there have been pretty bad, but they've turned out pretty good. So he's brought in some nung- young nucleus players on their roster. So you can't complain about what he's doing. Another candidate I'm going to give it to is Barube of the St. Louis Blues. Um, just losing Petrangelo, one of your key leaders, and replacing him with Krug. And, you know, Krug hasn't worked out the best in the organization, but the St. Louis Blues are at the top of their division. They played a bit more games than other people in their division as well, but the St. Louis Blues didn't really skip a beat. So I'm going to say Barube and Colleton as my um, two candidates. But I kind of already spoiled my winner, but who are your two candidates? So my two candidates are also going to be Colleton of the Chicago Blackhawks. Again, like you said, you've already mentioned, we've talked about Chicago enough. He's a, he's also an extremely young coach. I believe he's the same age as Jonathan Taves, <laughs> at like 32 or 33 or something, which is just kind of nuts. So he's up there because of how we've already talked about them enough. They've been really good. And again, like his line, you would think they would be a lot worse than they are, but they, they manage to win games and he manages to get, like for example, Pius Suter. He manages to get the best out of like some of those guys, helps them develop a bit. And then Adam Boquist is another guy who's developing. I know he's been like injured in COVID and a bit this year, but he's mm-hmm. helping him along, playing with Keith and stuff. So that's good. My other candidate is actually the guy who won last year is Bruce Cassidy of the Boston Bruins. So the Bruins are currently first in the East, I believe, or they're tied for first or something like that. But they lost Krug in the offseason and their captain, Zidane Chara. I know Chara's old as hell. He's a dinosaur. <laughs> But he was still playing 20 minutes a game for them, literally last year. He still is with Washington right now. So that's two of your top four on the left side gone. And you've replaced them with just the young guys in your system. And those guys like Zobril like, hasn't missed a beat. He's been very solid, Zobril. Like you said, McAvoy's taking his steps. So that's helped. And then Pasternak missed the start of the year. Yep with his injury rehabbing still and they struggled a bit to start but then got on they went on a roll like early Mm -hmm. he came back they've been pretty good they lost their last game but and you're not going to win every game so i'm going to have bruce cassidy there as my other candidate sounds like you're in a croak there i know (laughs) i need water asap yeah but for my award uh winner for this one i mentioned it joel quenville you literally cannot complain for the start this team has had. I don't think I've had them in the playoffs. And they seem to be starting off rolling. They're 11-2-2. Two and two. And I think that comes from coaching. I mean, obviously, you get guys like Hornquist in your lineup. That, that gives credit to the GM. But I don't know. Like, he's been kind of um, attached to Chris Dreger in the goal. And it's worked out tremendously this year because... I know Bobrovsky and Dreger, I believe, have the same record, but Dreger's stats have been way better than Bobrovsky. 
and he just keeps rolling him and he keeps winning. So, I mean, the lineups he puts out there every year, every game, sorry. I want him to play more younger players, but I mean, with the guys he's kind of icing in the lineups now, it's kind of working out. They're 11, 2 and 2 for a reason. So, they're first in the division. You can't complain what he's doing. I'm going to say Joel Quenville for mine. And I know he, you have the same for um, this award as well. Yeah. Again, like you said, like the Florida, very surprisingly, is leading the central division right now. And they've looked pretty good doing so. Like, okay, they beat up on the Red Wings every time they play, which is whatever. But yeah. it, it is what it is. And he's, like, compared to last year, like, even Ekblad's taken, not, I don't know, taking a step because he's been in the league for a long time. But he's been really good. He has 10 points this year already, five goals. That whole fiasco with Yandel at the start of the year is now over. He's been producing, <laughs> which was so embarrassing at the start. And, but anyways, he's been really good for them. Again, the whole thing with Bobrovsky is a huge question mark, though. Like like, like you said, Drager's playing good, but they're paying Bobrovsky yeah, $10.5 million to be the, the backup. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know like what the GM is going to say. Like, obviously, Bill Zito, who's there now, did not sign Bobrovsky to this deal. Like, I just don't know what the owners are saying, the ones that are actually paying him. Yeah. Like, are they going to kind of force him? It's like, hey, you got to start playing this paying playing this guy, Marcus. We're paying him so much. So, that's going to, we got to keep our tabs on that. But Dreger has been really, really good this year. And he, I think he has like one loss in regulation. So, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, he's been really good. So, yeah, Coach Q is my winner as well. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> yeah, I completely forgot about the start fiasco we had with the Andal, but it seems to me it's been all right since. So, that's been our quarterway awards, and now we can shift into the FHL. Sorry, FHL. What am I talking? <laughs> <laughs> I read the message in the chat. Yeah. No, the end-to-end awards we yeah. always name out weekly. So, starting with the hard hat, we talked about this guy up for the hard uh, hard hat award, the heart in the NHL, and this is my guy. It's Austin Matthews of the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's been incredible last week. I mean. Talk about what you want. He's beating up on the Senators, but Senators are still an NHL team, and he's scoring goals against them. So he has five goals, three assists, eight points, plus one. I'd like to see that up a bit, but can't complain when he has eight points, five goals. So uh, he had two power play goals as well. And then the most fascinating stat, I think, we mentioned it when we were talking about him for for the heart, is his faceoffs. And his faceoffs have been really good this year. He's 59% in the last week. So I can't complain about what he's doing for the Leafs and how he's scoring goals. So... I'm going to have to say him for the hard hat award for mine. Yeah, the guy's on an absolute heater. But one thing I should note, that he's played three games against Montreal and has zero goals. Yep. So that's Could obvious. be done tonight. Yeah, it's going to – I'm guaranteeing it will be done tonight. He'll get one tonight <laughs> for sure because I'm surprised. Like when they saw that, I'm like, oh, he hasn't scored yet? That's very surprising. Usually he's mm-hmm. a Habs killer. Maybe he just hasn't started yet because they play six more times after tonight. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> So, for, so for my hard hat award winner, I, we kind of mentioned him already for a, another candidate, but that's Mark Shifley of the Winnipeg Jets. So he's actually fifth or sixth in the league in scoring, which I didn't even realize. But this year, it's more of his goal scoring. And it's in three games, he has four goals, two assists for six points, two power play goals, and one game-winning goal. He scored last night. So Shifley has been as advertised. He's one of the best, one of the most underrated centers in the league, I think. His defensive game is not all there, but offensively he is extremely talented and like he's on a really good contract over just over six million for the next two years, I think. So really good value there for the Jets. So he's my hard hat award winner of the week. 
Yeah, then we'll shift things into the Golden Plunger. So this is given out to the biggest underperformer of the week, team or player. So flush the toilet for us. And we can get going with this award. So my candidate is Taylor Hall of the Buffalo Sabres. I could honestly give the Buffalo Sabres this award in general, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. They just won the game, so they almost actually kind of blew the game. But anyways, they won this game. Taylor Hall recorded assist in this one, and maybe you're listening and you're like, why are you giving him the thing? I need more than an assist from Taylor Hall if he's making 8 million sheets. Like, what? Like, just an assist? I mean, he's been pointless for five straight games before this assist just came in, and I need more from a guy who's making that much money on this Buffalo Sabres team. And he apparently wanted to go to this team, and it's not working out so far because the Buffalo Sabres have been... Mm, and he's been, mm, so I'm going to have to give him this award. It's just, I don't know, like, I know it's a win situation for the Buffalo Sabres. They get Taylor Hall, they get this massive player, and then maybe they can trade him at the deadline or something. But Taylor Hall is just going to be have to be have to be much better than this Taylor Hall version we're seeing. We've seen what he can do, his MVP status a few years ago, even last year. I mean, he wasn't that terrible, but he's got to be better than this. So Taylor Hall is my winner for this one. It's okay, he's just getting the Sabres more lottery luck. No, probably, uh, honestly. That's what he's good at. <laughs> yeah, he's the best at lottery luck. Also, I think he only has one goal this year, or like two. So and that's, that's also why. <laughs> that, that's very, very concerning. Especially if they were gonna, if they're going to blow it up or trade him at the deadline or whatever they're going to do. So that's concerning for Buffalo. And then like, we got another terrible team here. So I'm going to pick the captain of the Detroit Red Wings, Dylan Larkin. The last five games, he has one assist, which was last night, and he has minus five in the last five games. And in the last 10 games, he has two assists. So this is a guy who is the first-line center of your team and who was just named the captain, who has 10 points in 19 games. Like, you look at that, oh, it's not terrible. Like, he plays on a bad team. But he mm -hmm. has two of those points in the last 10 games. So he had seven points in the first nine games. So I don't know. He's just on a very cold streak right now. Detroit obviously is not good. But he hasn't been good himself either, so he can't really look around too much. Like he hasn't been good. He's got to play a lot better. He's got some guys that he can connect with, like Anthony Manta, Tyler Bertuzzi. Some okay depth, at least better than last year, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And he was better last year, so I don't know what happened this year, but he's got to pick it up. So he gets my plunger for this week. Yep, two deserving guys that they definitely should be doing a lot better than they actually are, but. Hopefully they can pull it together. Uh, we'll move into the continuous segment we always do. We missed out last week, but it's what you say. So Jason, tell us what we're playing again. What you say. We have a quote here from Tyson Berry. I actually didn't hear this one, but you can explain it. Okay, so for this one, he didn't actually say this, but I believe it was they were hyping up the Battle of Alberta for last night's game. And uh, a reporter was like, oh yeah, with no fans in the stands, like, you know, the rivalry of the Battle of Alberta, you get to hear a lot of talking. Mm. <laughs> and he literally said like shit talking. <laughs> and Barry's reaction is pretty funny. So here it is. When the building's as quiet as it is and you can hear everything that's going on on the other bench, uh, guys yelling across the ice and stuff, does, uh, does talk take a bigger uh, factor in in, uh, in what goes on out there yeah uh, maybe a little bit of yeah I, I just saw this this clip last night and i thought it was funny like we had to include it because like we didn't really have one until that well i didn't have one until that moment so it's pretty funny 
Yeah, I, I actually didn't hear it, so send it. I, yeah, I'll I I'll send it, and you could listen to it, and then obviously the listener would have already listened to it. it it's a pretty funny one. All right, so that does it for the three award segments, but then we're moving on to the Battle of Buds, so we do this every week, and we missed out on a few games last week because of cancellations, but we have a full three games, hopefully, and just kind of recapping what happened last week. So, <laughs> well, I lost the Leaf game versus the Sens, which I thought they were going to win, but... Uh, <laughs> The Senators came back, and if you're living under a rock, they lost 6-5 the Leafs in overtime, so I lost that one. Then I lost the Rangers, uh, who are home to the Devils, because the Rangers suck. And then I lost... No, I sorry. Then I won the Blues one versus the Sharks, where David Mario Perron scored the overtime winner. So I was 1-2 and two this week. I was actually 2-1 and one this week, finally. So it looks like I catched up on one game. So I had the Panthers at Lightning. Uh, that was on Monday, so Lightning won. I picked them, so I won that one. The Blackhawks at Red Wings. The Blackhawks won that game because Detroit sucks. They're even worse than Chicago, way worse. So that was on the 17th. And then the Devils beat the Bruins, so that was surprising. That was on Thursday, so I lost that one. Yeah, and then heading into this week, so I am 10-4 and four now on the season. Joe was 8-6, and six, so a slow comeback coming here. But in this week, I have the Capitals at home to the Devils. I'm going to pick the Capitals in this one. I have the Canadiens going to Ottawa in the Canadian Tire Center, and I have the Canadians winning that one. And then I have the Golden Knights who are going into the Shark Tank in San Jose, and I'm going to take the Golden Knights in that one. So for my picks, I have Flyers at the Bruins. So this is one of the Lake Tahoe games. So one's going on right now, Vegas and Colorado. Tomorrow is Flyers at Bruins. So the Bruins are technically the home team for that event. So that's at Lake Tahoe. At 2 o'clock on Sunday. So I have the Bruins winning that game. That should be a good one. Then I got Predators visiting the Red Wings. And we don't need to talk about the Predators no more. I have the Red Wings winning at home. That's how <laughs> poorly I think of Nashville. They st- they beat their ass last time. And Nashville had like 15 shots the whole game or something. Yeah. So I have Detroit winning that one at home. And then the Kings visit the Blues on February 24th. And I have the Blues winning at home. Yeah, so we just talked about the Lake Tahoe game. The Colorado Avalanche are off to an early lead. one nothing. Samuel Girard, three minutes in. Nice, nice. So, I, I, I that scenery is actually one of the best things they've ever done for this yeah. league. But, like, on the other side of things, there would also be fans there if there wasn't COVID. But I am actually down with just seeing these games without fans and that scenery. Oh, yeah, it looks beautiful. I said in our chat, it's probably one of, if not the top three outdoor game the whole the NHL's ever done. Like, you you should probably think, like, the first ever outdoor game, I think that was at the Bills Stadium or mm-hmm. something like that, or the Steelers Stadium. So that one, of course, the Leafs first Red Wings at uh, the Big House in Michigan. And then this, in terms of, like, just originality and, like, aesthetic is easily one of the best. Like, yeah. Obviously, there was no fans, so they really were able to capitalize on picking just a nice location that looks nice for TV. So I think they did a great job with it. All right, and then we have our last segment before we close out this episode, and it's Joe's Spicy Meatball. So do you have a spicy meatball you want to throw on my plate today? I do, and it's been talked about a lot this week especially, and I think you know what it is. Is Austin Matthews going to score 50 goals this season? This is such like a weird... Okay, you know why this is a weird topic? Because, like, in a regular season, Matthews will go through slumps. Now, I don't know whether a slump for him is two games, three games, eight games, seven games. But in this division, I don't think you go as long as a slump. Am I wrong to say that? 
Not at all. The, the goaltending and defense in this division are one of the worst in the whole league out of all four divisions. And, like, it's hard for a guy to go in a slump when you're playing those teams basically every night and you kind of know their strategy. And even if you don't know their strategy, their defense and goalies are not very good. So, without putting too much thought into it, I'm going to probably say no. And I'd really want it to happen, but I'm going to say no because... You know, I think it's just hard enough to get a point per game in this league. Well, some players are actually very skilled and can get over a point per game. But getting a goal per game in this league, that is a hard thing to do. So, like I said, it's pretty hard to go in a slump in this division. I don't think Matthews will go through a long one, if so, if anyone. But I can't see him just scoring every, every game. Like, I have to see some team kind of solve his shot. So, I'm going to say no, but I think he gets close. I'm going to say maybe like 40 45 goals in between that range so hopefully keeps it up what do you think though yeah that's respectable i okay so the thing is like you said like i don't see him slumping too bad like i think in his career like the most he's gone without scoring goals like five games which is like nothing so like in a division that's a lot weaker than the atlantic compared to obviously others other years sorry yeah um Again, like you said, I don't think it's gonna happen because we had this. We have had this talk before. Like last year, Pasternak had twenty three goals in twenty four games. Mm -hmm. So we were talking about like fifty and fifty, like because it was a full season. Blah blah blah. Like only Gretzky and Richard have done it. Whatever, bossy. So and then I think the year before that was Ovi, who had, I believe, eighteen goals in eighteen games or something to start the year. Mm -hmm. And then he only, he finished with 51, <laughs> only 51, <laughs> but it's very, since we're talking about like 56 game season and, and Matthew's actually missed a game. So for him, it would be, if he plays the rest of the whole season, it'd be 55 games. Yep. So I don't think it's going to happen. Cause I think he'll go again, two, three games without scoring. But even then, like, I don't think he's going to score every single game. I think 40 is almost a lock for him at this point. Cause he's already almost halfway to 40. Like that's right, ridiculous. Right, right. So mm -hmm. I think 40 is a lock. But I could see him getting like 40 to 45 easily, to be honest. Yeah, so. that's that's absurd. Yeah. 50 goals in 55 games. But like, obviously, you're going to be excited. Obviously, Lee fans are excited. Like, obviously, I am excited. But in reality, like, this would be really cool. But I don't see it happening. But we, I mean, I've been wrong many times before. So hopefully, I'm not wrong in this one because that'd be just insane to see. And, yeah, he would win I mean, the hard everything. He oh, would yeah, sweep he the awards if he if they. Yeah, did that. at that point, yeah, at that point he would do that. So I think even if he scores, I think if even if he scores like forty ish goals and like thirty assists for like seventy points, I think he'll sweep the awards. Still, you, you, uh, still. Yeah, I can't I can't disagree like, with that. Like forty goals in fifty six games. If yeah, he gets that, like I think you have to give it to him. That's crazy. Usually players get forty points in that many games, but yep. Here we are talking about goals, so mm -hmm. it's another good hot one. Uh, that's a good, another good spicy meatball from Joe. But um, do you have anything else to add before we kind of wrap this long air episode up? Uh, okay, so my power rankings usually come out on Fridays, but they're they're not out yet. I've been kind of busy with stuff and work, so I'll try to have that one out today, if not tomorrow morning, because like the game's already started. So mm -hmm. it's most likely going to be tomorrow before the at least the Lake Tahoe game, so two o'clock. So I'll try to get that out before then. 
All right. And then from my standpoint, just keep listening and keep watching and keep doing stuff on the breakdown sports. We post many content on our Twitter and stuff like that. And from end to end, every Saturday, usually, if not Sunday, Monday, we record an episode every week and my articles come out every Monday, the fantasy top three players. So keep times on that. We've added a lot more guys into the breakdown sports over the last, I think, few uh, week or so. So We've got a lot of new members making a lot more content, so just keep tabs on us on Twitter, Instagram, whatever you're looking at. So from, from, from me and Joe at End to End, we'll be back. Next Saturday. Join us. Woo!